Welcome to Light the Fight podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David Kozlowski, and with me as always... I'm elevated to the host... Uh, what's it called? <laughs> status. <laughs> and not just correspondent status. You know, I'm, I actually gained a lot of respect for Mrs. Heidi Swap, and I'm about to talk about it in a minute. Let's just jump right into it. So some of you may remember, was it a couple episodes ago? Well, feels I, like a little while ago because of the long bit. weekend. Yeah. Anyways, um, we'll get to this in just a moment, but Heidi actually. It was from our live episode. Yeah, that's right. So Heidi actually faced her fears and did something that she's been avoiding for the past, what, just a couple years. And so we'll get into that talking about that. So yes, you have elevated yourself to host <laughs> instead of correspondent of shame. But both. Well, I mean, a little we, bit of both. We still need you to have a healthy dose of shame to make this <laughs> podcast entertaining. Because the day you stop having shame, then we're like, we gotta yeah, go find like Heidi's new. all perfect now. Like we can't relate to her anymore. Yeah. So that no. should any time, any minute, that's gonna be the issue. I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's first talk about uh, we've been out for a little bit for the holiday weekend, and Heidi, you had a good chill weekend. I did. In fact, for those of you who might possibly follow me on Instagram. I did a really very vulnerable thing while I was really coming out of anesthesia. Let's hear about it. Because so last week I had a, um, a bladder surgery, a bladder lift surgery, and you know I had Eric take a picture of me like is in that my... cosmetic or <laughs> that is just when you put the harsh. lift on it? I'm like that's how I'm like wait that's a thing that people are trying to make their bladder look better. <laughs> no. Here's, okay. Here's okay. The just want to make sure. I mean, after you here's after you have five kids, and just beat the crap out of your body, then anyway, I'm not gonna explain this to you. That that's for like a different type of <laughs> podcast. Or I've never heard of bladder lift, so that's why I was like, wait, lift. I'm like, so so here's what happened. Like I I had Eric take a picture of me in this robe. In fact, they have these new hospital gowns. I don't know if you know about them. You probably do because you had surgery not that long ago. But they like plug a blow dryer into it from the wall. And hot air gets blown into the gown, and so you're just toasty warm. So you're like, the gown is warm, and the blankets are warm. It was just, it was heavenly. I definitely don't have that good of insurance. <laughs> you got the Gucci insurance. I guess so. So I was at IHC. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. that's why. Anyway, um, so I had him take a picture, and I had him take a picture of the little blower thing that I thought was cool. And he's like, are you going to Instagram this? And And I was like, well... I mean, I, I mean, I feel like, no, I won't. But in my mind, it was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this because this is kind of a major deal. So um, I got home, and they make sure that you're, that you're coherent and not throwing up in order to let you leave the hospital, right? But I was obviously still pretty medicated because I just – went on to my Instagram stories and I just told my entire bladder story full scale anesthesia and all so it's super super you know how like I mean I don't drink and I don't do drugs and so but you was, word vomit it was it was I was <laughs> when in you're under a anesthesia. place of high vulnerability <laughs> and so I talked about how for the last seven years I I have been I mean, you guys know I talk about my fit, my fitness shame, and I talk about my healthy living shame, and I realized that part of it is this problem that I've had that I can't exercise, and I and um, and in order to deal with it, I actually just don't drink, and so I got I don't drink water. Yeah, I was gonna say. And so I got myself. Come on, you're off tequila nowadays. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I got myself into a situation for the last couple of years that I, that I live a super, super dehydrated, um, place. And apparently it's really bad and it affects your blood pressure. That added with not a lot of sleep. That's probably not the best. And it affects your eyesight and it affects your cognitive abilities. And so water apparently is super important. And, but then I realized I couldn't drink water if I, couldn't hold my bladder at all 
And so this was this was like a legit problem. So I I go on Insta Story, and I and you can see it because I decided to save it as a highlight because it was so solid gold. <laughs> I am I kid you not, I've never gotten that many DMs in my in my Instagram ever about anything. And it was the combination of I did that for myself and it was the best decision I ever made. And holy cow, what is the surgery? And tell us how it goes because I have to get that done. And a lot of people who are like, thank you so much for talking out about this thing that we don't talk about. And I was like, anytime. I'll just talk about my bladder. I don't know if you get credit for this time being vulnerable because this was kind of a drug-induced vulnerability. It totally was. I and It and worked, though. You, you took a shot and you actually made it. I didn't realize how vulnerable I was until later when my kids started sharing with me some of the things that I was saying. And it was sort of like those um, wisdom teeth videos mm-hmm. that people share, only a lot less. I mean, I seemed yeah. like I was, I think there was some slurred speech actually, but anyway, so I, I like made a hair appointment, missed the hair appointment. I like was legitimately out, but I f- kind of feel like it was really interesting and empowering. And now like I run into people at the grocery store that I don't even know. They should ask me how my recovery is. <laughs> Well, so maybe let, I'm getting too vulnerable. Maybe this podcast is making me too comfortable. Well, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking you need to schedule some sort of surgery. We'll bring the portable podcasting equipment. <laughs> and when you get out of said surgery, Brandon, our producer, will press record and we'll just let it go. Actually, I did hear my daughter, Capri, say I was I was in my bed and somebody had brought us dinner, like a really yummy dinner. It was my my old neighbor, but she knows exactly what our family likes. It involved like this ranch chicken and mashed potatoes and this banana bars that she makes like super legit meal. And I hear Capri say, is there any other surgeries that mom can get? <laughs> <laughs> so that people bring us food. I, you know, not my strength, but anyway, so that could happen. It could. It could. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. The, I, I, I can't even top that, so I'm not even trying to share so how my was your weekend. weekend? How was your weekend? Went camping with the family. The end. You're not even going to talk about... The camping experience? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was the weather wasn't great up there for a few days, but it's just, our, you know, my wife's family's tradition to go to this camp spot, so it was fun. It was a good time. Uh, me, you know, being a surfer, I'm always going to prefer beach camping in California over mountain camping, but it was good. It's good to get outside to the wilderness, watch my kids go looking for caterpillars, like just doing kid outdoor stuff. Cause you know, day to day, yeah. Being off your phone, the day to day hustle, you know, we, if you ever want a reality check of how much you are connected to your phone or how much you use burn time scrolling through feeds on social media, just be in a place where you have no reception and then really quickly you start to feel like this absence, but pretty fast it goes away. And then you just start doing stuff. So that was fun just to do Go stuff live. with fam. Yeah, it was just fun to do stuff. And I got kids at a cool age, so just watching them have fun. And yeah, so it was a good time. But I definitely cannot top your story. Oh, no, I know. I mean, you guys, I laid in my bed for five days straight. So I think that was the first time in a real, like, it, it was. It was a big deal for me. Well, good for you. Good for you. So I feel rested. I feel recovered. Well, let's talk real quick about uh, the talk that you gave. Um, so let's get back to what I said in the very beginning of the podcast. So um, our live podcast feed, I was daring Heidi to do a video journal. And video journal. It definitely journals, felt like the, because you took advantage of the fact that we were on live. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I know when I get the green light to just punch it, <laughs> just punch it. So I just hit the pedal and I put the pressure, I, I put the full court press I on you. I have gotten emails and direct messages and in life point blank questions of people asking me if I did the video. Well, I want to personally thank everyone who messaged you asking you. 
I, sh- I swear only <laughs> half of them I called them and, t- and messaged them, say, hey, talk to Heidi, ask her, you know, see if we can guilt trip her, not shame trip her, into doing it. So talk about what had happened. Um, by the way, I'm happy to report she did do a video journal. And as I predicted, go ahead, tell them, Heidi. Tell them. I, I had a little revelation. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I did. But it was not easy. It did not. And, and it took me a lot of psyching up. Yeah. I don't know. It was not comfortable. Yeah. Well, when you I'm avoid something not, for I've two only done years, it once. when you avoid something for two years, there's a especially something that's proven to be healthy, probably a good reason why you avoided it. But it was a perfect timing. So why don't you just kind of talk about the experience, talk about the talk, and then we'll take it from there. Okay. So last week, I was invited by a group out in the community that I live in, um, Harriman. We have experienced several suicides in our community. And it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting experience to be one of the, suicide, one of the people that they're talking about on the news. And I, I'm not going to tell you that I feel defensive when people talk about it. But when we start talking about suicide prevention and what coulda, shoulda, woulda, it's, it's a hard topic for me. Because I definitely, my shame kind of perks up. And if you don't think that I have gone through that a million times in my head, you know, I've, I've thought about that a lot. What could I have done? What should I have done? And, and then when I see other families in my community and kids, and, and um, it's really hard. So just a few weeks ago, I can't remember. It's been just a few weeks. Um, we lost another teen pretty close to where I live. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a young man that I knew personally. But my daughter did. And my son, Connor, knew this individual's little brother really well. And when, and we heard about it and it immediately rocked our family and immediately we just, we were all just standing in the, in the kitchen, just holding each other. Like, what are we going to do? And I didn't, I wasn't afraid. And one of the things that I've talked about before, and I may have even talked about it here on this podcast, is that when, like, I remember distinctively at Corey's viewing, when a mom would come in and hug me that had lost a person to suicide or maybe even had lost a child, the hug was a hug of strength and of reassurance. And all the other hugs were hugs of love and support, but hugs of fear. And when we stood there in the kitchen as a family, I didn't, I wasn't afraid because I knew. And I knew what that family was feeling. And I decided that we needed to do something. We were all very upset and we decided that we needed to do something. And people ask me this all the time, what do you do? Right? And there's some things that people did for us that I really appreciated and that really helped. And then there's some things that happened that I didn't appreciate as much. <laughs> um, but that night, we decided we went down to Walmart and we bought every roll of yellow ribbon and, and yellow tablecloths that we could find. And we went to the house and covered that house with ribbon. And I haven't talked to that mom. I don't know. I don't know how that made her feel. And, and it's, I kind of know from experience that there needs to be some time. But I know that when something devastating happened to our family and we came home from the hospital and there were ribbons on the trees leading up to our house and on our house, I knew we were seen. We weren't just a statistic. We weren't just a stigma. We were loved and being supported. And that's what I wanted this family to feel. And 
anyway, right on the heels of this situation, like right when this was going on, this kind of kicked our community a little bit over the edge into, we need to talk about this. We need to do something. It was no longer... Because it was the seventh one in one school year. Right. And it, and it, it was, again, this kid that everybody loved. Yeah. This somebody that it just didn't... I mean, I don't know what suicide makes sense. Not that I don't think suicide makes sense. And so it's a, sh it's a shock and a disruption. But in this situation, we were very close to this kid's friends. Um, geographically very close. And as the community was coming out, the kids at the high school were, were shook. Were shook. And is that a word? Yeah. So for the first time, um, something happened in our community. And even though, so I was invited to come and speak at this Harriman Community Awareness event. It's the first time that the community has come together to actually talk and to try to take a, try to take a step. Um, things had also been going on at the school. In fact, the kids, um, the kids at the school initiated something that was called a blackout. And they asked everybody to wear black and not bring their phones. And there, the, even kids who still brought their phones, the kids who didn't, were like, oh, no, you put that thing away, is what I heard. That everybody was, like, in it. Um, the... There were, there were members of the community that donated a whole bunch of gift cards and, and things to the kids at the high school. So 3,000 gift certificates and gift cards that were placed on every single car in the parking lot with balloons on the cars. Just wanting these kids to know that they were seen, that they mattered to the community. And the news came out and did this. I know they were working on it for a while. Um, this piece and and I'm going to be completely honest I felt like it was a drama piece it felt like pointing blame like looking for like how can we how can we find a solution who can we blame what and and as somebody who had a, has lost a child that's where I started to get like prickly like, who do we blame y you know and and I I think for three years I've been wondering, who do I blame? What do I blame myself? You know, what what is it? And that, and that's it. That's why we're having this podcast, right? So I was invited to speak at this event, and I did not want to speak. But there's this kid. He's my son's friend, Ezra. If you're listening, um, and got, wrote me into this situation. And I have to hand it to the people who organized it because nobody wants to stand up and be like, oh, yeah, I'll plan the suicide prevention night. And that's not a fun event to put together. And they and, and this group, there was a committee that met several times. I'm, I met with them one night, and a lot of thought and effort went into it. And I was super impressed how many groups showed up to support, like, they had kind of like a pop-up health fair type format with several different resources in the community that came out. And I expected to feel really uncomfortable there and even prickly. But actually, I felt super loved and so welcome. It was kind of amazing, especially because for as much as I didn't want to go. Um, so I'm going to rewind just a little bit about this story and tell you that I started really worrying about what I was going to say. I was only given 20 minutes, so I can talk about anything for 20 minutes. Like, that wasn't really a big deal. But I knew that nobody wants to come talk to talk about this. Nobody wants to listen to this. I didn't want it. I don't know. 
I wanted to say something that would help the situation. Um, that night before the actual event, um, that news story that I told you about aired. And I couldn't bring myself to watch the news story. I was scared. I didn't want to know what they were going to blame it on. I didn't want to hear what people were saying about it. And so I did what everybody does, which is goes directly to the comments on the social media story. And I wanted to hear what people thought about it, even though I didn't even listen to it. And it was about midnight the night before the event, and I started reading the comments that absolutely upset me so much. Just for the record, if you would have asked me, I would have said, don't read the comments. <laughs> but you may proceed. I know, and I totally knew. I totally knew it was the wrong thing to do. It was a do. trap. It was definitely a trap. <laughs> and um, the comments sounded like this. Maybe if you religious fanatics would start judging these kids, they'd stop wanting to kill themselves. That was one of the comments. Maybe these kids would stop bullying each other. Uh, maybe if we could just all put down our cell phones because they're rotting our brains. That was not a comment. Um, and I, and and it kind of went on. There was there was several comments, and I just I felt myself just kind of it just kind of was eating me because I felt like this isn't helping. Sitting around blasting people and blaming is not helping this community heal. It's not empowering these kids. It's not giving parents any hope or tools. Like, come on. Come on, guys. And I, um, I was sad. At this point, I still had video journaled, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> I was being very resistant. Mm. Oh, me, Heidi. <laughs> me no talk about feelings and um, and I had decided that I wasn't gonna I didn't want to write my talk I was just gonna talk from my heart <laughs> which you know that's really safe for highly emotional mothers of suicide victims as suicide I mean it was the recipe for disaster and I kind of knew it in my heart but I sort of was like well if I can't think of anything else to talk about I'm just gonna kind of talk about the podcast talk about Corey, and, and it'll be over 20 minutes. Um, I went to bed and woke up in the morning, early, 3 a.m., with a whole bunch of thoughts. And um, so I grabbed my phone and started typing these little thoughts. They were fragments, and I didn't know um, where, like, they didn't really make sense. They made sense to me in my sleep. But then when I read them the other, as the day went on, I was like, okay, I'm not really sure how I'm going to incorporate this in my talk. So I had a really busy day that day um, and work obligations. And so I didn't have any time to sit down and think, which is what I really felt like I needed. And I got home from work about an hour before I needed to actually be at the event. And... I hadn't had any alone time. And I felt frazzled and stressed, and I was still pretty wound up and hurt by the comments that I had read. So I had an errand that I could have sent my husband to do that he would have been happy to take care of. But I decided to do it myself, even though I like wasn't ready, and I hadn't pulled anything together, and I hadn't found my tablecloth for my little like-the-fight table and, you know, whatever. But I got in the car and made an errand. And of course I'm hearing the echo of David lecturing me about video journaling. <laughs> Strongly suggesting. <laughs> and um, I knew that I needed clarity. If there was a time that I needed clarity and I only had a short amount of time. And, and this is usually my best time. The Backs up against the wall, time's ticking. Yeah. It's go time variety. It's usually when, and, and that was what I needed. So I don't have any of these holders on my car that I could video myself. 
So I just set it down. And so the video is really more my, ch my torso region. <laughs> so. I'm smiling because so many people have used the same excuse to not <laughs> capture their face in the video. But go ahead. You're still a rookie. We'll, we'll, we'll work with you. It was the weirdest thing. It kept on falling. So I just kept it on my lap. Anyways, go ahead. So I started talking. And I didn't know how to start. It was super awkward. Like, and I didn't know if I, I was like, do I say the date? No, it's already. You know, I'm trying to think, like, how do I even start this? Captain's log, start at 325. This is Heidi Swap today. You, you need to for give breakfast. somebody. you got to give us something no, else. No, no, that's the best terrible. part. It's got to be uncomfortable. Go ahead. So I start out with, I want to make a difference tonight. And I want to say something that needs to be said. And something that only I can say. But I don't know what that is. And as I drove, um, I started thinking about Corey and thinking about what I really believe will make a difference. And um, the word evolve just echoes in my head. And so I started thinking about the words that had come to me that morning and I wasn't really sure how it was going to come in to play. But I was saying things in my video journal like, it's not just the cell phones. It's not just administrators not understanding. It's not just math not making sense. It's not just kids not fitting in. It's not just not smiling, being smiled at that day. And... It's not just about not being judged. I was thinking about all these things. And, and as I was talking about that, and this is stuff that I have shared here, that I believe that the relationships between a parent and a teenager who's struggling is the most powerful suicide prevention that there is. And I don't have any statistics to back that up. And I don't have any research. And and I knew that Corey knew I loved him. And I knew Corey loved me. But there were some flaws in our relationship that is exactly what we're talking about that is exactly what people were trying to say in those comments. But that's what I wanted to talk about. And so in, in this video journal, and of course I'm crying while I'm driving, which is super unsafe, I saw myself use these flashcards because I, I was worried about how I was going to remember the words that I wanted to share. And I didn't have a PowerPoint, so I was like, oh, flashcards. But I had only given myself about five minutes before I had to get from my house to the, to the place. I was running super late, and I sat down. I typed them up on my computer in five minutes, printed out these flashcards. And um, I think that the flashcards helped, gave me this voice that I didn't know that I had. And so I want to tell you what I had um, on, on the flashcards. And these were words that came to me that morning super early. Um, the first one, so I had these flashcards and each, very cleverly, each word like started the same letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was and right. it looks like you spelled it right too. I, I, I checked it. I spell checked it. <laughs> We're just joking for the podcast. She printed these out like five minutes before she's supposed to go speak. Uh, I would have not spelled them right. Let's put that one. So I, I actually have them here. I, I brought them. So the first one on one side says embarrassed. And when I talk to moms that have kids who are struggling, they're embarrassed. I 
Embarrassed is another word for ashamed. Yeah. You're embarrassed that you need help. In fact, there's a there's a cute, cute kid that I know and love, and I know you've worked with. And when I talked to him about it, he said he was so embarrassed that he needed help. And I, I thought there's nothing to be embarrassed about, but that's that's a feeling. So I put, instead of being embarrassed, let's embrace it. Um, the next one that I shared was when there's conflict, use compassion. Um, instead of judgment, you can join forces. Even when you don't agree, you can still join forces. For those of you listening, she has a card. It's on the front and back. So it's, to give you a little visual, she's holding one, and then she's flipping it over. And it's much like our and, where it's like, yeah, this is how you're feeling, and you can flip it around to this instead. Right. So it was right. like a visual flipping around with the actual, that's the point. You're trying to actually turn right. it to something else. Um, the next one's my favorite, which I mentioned in my talk, freaking out. I don't know if it's your favorite. I think you're best at that one. <laughs> the other ones you have degrees in that you might have a PhD in. You may proceed. Um, instead of freaking out, figuring it out, mm. which I think requires calm. Um, Being a first responder. Yes. For sure. Um, the next one says shock. And I think that kind of goes with that. Like sometimes I know that our kids do things or experience things or hear things or see things that they're afraid are going to shock us. And they actually might shock us. Um, things that go on didn't go on when we were their age. And it's, so it's super shocking. And so I think instead of being shocked, we can show support. Um, doubt. I, I held this one that said doubt. And I think that there's a lot of things to doubt. Um, you can you can doubt that they're being honest with you, your kids. You doubt can, that they're even trying, that they even care. You can doubt that you're doing a good job. You can doubt your abilities and, you know. So when I flip that one over, it says discuss. And I think that anything that you have a doubt about is worth the discussion. Yeah, doubt's the poison. You got to get that poison out of the building. Right. And then the last one I held up, it says resistance. And I said this was the word that would best describe me. And you can just go back and listen to our shame versus guilt version two if you want to witness want my resistance. <laughs> um, I, you know, if you want my biggest regret, it's, it's that I didn't buy the things you were selling to me earlier. I was resistant to believing that I didn't know. I was resistant that I was doing it wrong. I was resistant. I was resistant to a lot of things. And on the other side of the card, um, it says evolve. And this is the word that I hope def defines this podcast. And even that night and what happened in my community. Because three years ago, there weren't 400 people sitting at the school talking about suicide. And maybe if there had been, there might be less kids who had passed away from suicide. Because we have to talk about it. So evolution did happen. No, we're probably not there yet, right? But it was a first step. Um, the community embraced rather than was embarrassed. And, um, and they came to learn. Um, and if, if there's anything and I say this a lot, and I say it a lot in my private conversations when people come to me and want to talk about the podcast, is that, and, and I was just having this conversation actually with Quincy t this afternoon, we as parents cannot change our kids. We have created them. We cannot unbreak this any cycles or any bad habits. or We can only change ourselves, and they can only change themselves. 
but when we go first and when we start that evolution process, the, the, they have to respond to us in a different way because we're acting in a different way. There's no other, there's no other choice at that point. You can't fight with somebody who's not going to fight with you. You can't defy someone who's not going to defy you. And um, I cannot even, I can't tell you how many people write me these messages and say, I actually tried this and it worked. I mean, I know you get that all the time. <laughs> every, every, every week, every session when you're, people are telling you, you're right. You must get so tired of that being told you're right. No, no, well, <laughs> in, uh, I mean, it's a good feeling, right? It is a good feeling. And it's a good feeling because when you're sharing this stuff and all these people telling you that, you know it works for you. You know it works. But when other people say, wow, it worked for me too, then you start to realize, like you say, we're really not that much different. We just are stuck in our own little world trying to figure out our problems. We package them like we have a different solution. We change the words, but we're really doing the same thing. And so when people step outside their comfort zone and they try something different, thanks to you being the model and going first, and they tell you, wow, you're right, that really works, it doesn't even make you feel good it makes you feel hopeful and excited that someone else is now part of the tribe. Well, like I, other people are now like, yes, like, yeah, we can have a conversation now. Cause when you're, when you're figuring out something that's really exciting, like let's say you have something going good for you in your own life, personal progression, you quickly want to tell everybody, but it's hard to tell people if they're not in the place where they're ready to evolve themselves. And so it's just a great confirmation and it feels great. Well, it's kind of also like, Oh man, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have not gotten one, I have not received one message, and please don't email me if this has happened to you. <laughs> no, nobody has said, I tried this and it didn't work, it backfired. And I totally regret ever trying it. Not one person has said that. And um, so, yay. Well, and everybody that's listening to the podcast are looking for new ways to parent, have a spouse relationship. And so, people that are looking for change, they're going to find it and they're going to gravitate towards something that they personally can relate to. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to hear their stories, but it's really great that you're having a new story every single week because you're pushing the envelope. You're not saying, Hey, we all should evolve. You're saying, yes, we all should evolve. I'm going to go first so that you don't have to try it first. You already have at least one confirmation that it works. And, and so you're, you're like the human, you're like Melp, the mom Yelp. What are you talking about? Like you're trying all these different things and then you give it five stars or four stars. Okay. Oh. Like, hey, I tried this one. This, this, yeah. this parenting tactic was a one star parenting tactic. Don't do this one guys. Like you're, you're Melp, like, the mom Yelp. Start a new app. There you go. Producer Brandon will like start, will start creating it right away. She can just go around and read all these parenting books and say, okay, I tried this one. This one sucks. Don't, Don't do that. Or this one's good. Well, I, obviously, I'm not, I'm not perfect um, because I'm still here sharing about what I do when I'm on pain meds. But, <laughs> um, but I'm very thankful that the conversation has been opened. Three years ago, that, that, that would not have happened. And it, ha it has to happen. And um, that means there's hope. Well, uh, um, thanks for sharing that with me and with everybody. Uh, you know, we weren't videoing today, but I thought it was really cool just to see the cards and, and how you flipped one to the other. And, and also, I'm, I'm thankful that you did the video journal. I, I told you, you could definitely, you're like, when do I do it? I'm like, well, there, you have a time to talk coming up soon. <laughs> this could be a great opportunity for you to do it then. So you actually did it. So it made me feel really good that, that you, you took the opportunity and your back was up against the wall and you're like, hey, my back's up against the wall, but I'm going to come out swinging, even if it means I have to videotape the side of my ribs while I'm talking. <laughs> I have another big um, speaking opportunity this week, and I've been feeling some of the same feelings. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable talking to parents, and this is an opportunity to speak to youth. And um, so I've been going to my teenage correspondent <laughs> and trying to get some information. I, um, 
And so hopefully she will be able to continue to help me. But I intend to video journal again. Try, try doing one after, too, to kind of just recollect the experience. All right. We're, we're, we're having some visitors come, come in. <laughs> so right. um, um, real quick before we end today, uh, we got a message uh, just this past week, and I wanted to address the message that we got. And this person that sent in the message is on the same wavelength as us. So we got a message this week, and I don't know, Heidi, maybe you've gotten people personally telling you this, but we got a message that asked, hey, have you guys ever thought about doing a podcast for teens? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens, yes, sirree, <laughs> I'm gathering the troops as we speak. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the name is going to be called yet. Um, we still have to have some more conversations about it. But this will be here at our studio. Um, you know, we'll create a separate podcast for it. It's everything I do with teens, I make sure that they create the name, that they get the final say in those types of things. And, uh, you know, I – you know, with the teen groups that I run, with the nonprofit that I that I have, um, there's a wealth of all different types of teens. I call it the the Noah's Ark of teenagers. You get two of everything: <laughs> two emo, two jocks, two skaters, two. I mean, whatever types of teens you have in high school, we get a bunch of those. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna figure out a way how to get um, a group of teenagers on the microphone to emulate a similar version of what we do at our support groups, where they sit and they talk about their highs and lows, their week. And the thoughts and the insight and the information that comes out of this is what gave birth to this podcast. I know what I know to tell Heidi and to share with you guys because I've been sitting in that laboratory listening to these teenagers, not counseling them, not therapizing them, but listening to them coach and support one another in a very, the most organic, natural way I've ever seen teenagers communicate. And so we're going to try to recreate that to the best of our ability. The teens have asked me, They've, they've wanted this for years. They were like, hey, can I come on your radio show? Can I do this? Can I do that? It just wasn't really the right scenario yet. And I think this is a great time. And a lot of these teenagers are from Heidi's community and you know other communities, but specifically because a lot of these kids are personally affected by the recent suicides. The way I see it, if, if this teen and youth suicide epidemic is you know rocking a lot of people's worlds, I believe that very few people are qualified to come up with a solution that are not teenagers right now. Yeah. You, you, you have been a teenager. You've known teenagers. And you've had social media. And you've had this technology. But you weren't a teenager being raised as a kid with this technology. So the I'm excited for all of you guys. Here's what I'm saying. You're going to be blown away. You're, but you have to be low-key. That's what the teenagers say. You have to be low-key fans of that show. You don't want to be saying, telling your teenagers to listen to this podcast unless you've done everything we've talked about and they love you. You <laughs> will get the information out to them, but it's got to be something where you got to let them become a fan of it and you kind of be like a side fan of it because that's it's just going to work out better that way if you're not promoting it for us. <laughs> However, what's going to happen is everyone's curious to listen to conversations of other people that are going through similar things just to learn how teenagers are going to want to listen to this to see what other teenagers are doing and how they're figuring out these difficult things. And what I'm hoping is going to come of it, it's going to really create um, all the details of a plan that I've been working on in the laboratory for years to help teenagers in our society. So look forward to that. And oh, by the way, if you like this idea and you think that you'd be interested in it or that your teenagers would benefit from us, uh, from this type of a, a new podcast that, that we're going to be offering here at Elevate Podcasting, please let us know. Give us a thumbs up. Yes, teen podcast. If you have any fears or concerns, go ahead and message us about that too. Like, hey, what are they going to be talking about? Is this going to be age appropriate? We'll give you all the disclaimers. Like, hey, it's probably better for this age to that age. But the thing about podcasting and the thing about digital and teenagers is the more you kind of get a little scared and worry about them listening to it, the more interested they're going to be. So thank you ahead of time for trusting me and Heidi that we would not create something that's going to damage your teenagers or going to put them in a situation that's going to give them bad information. It's going to give them a free form to speak openly. And uh, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I know Heidi's excited about it too. Well, and I see, I just feel like there's a real need. Um, 
and I've been to the group multiple times and talked to those kids and they just have hearts of gold. You know, over and over, you know, people say about kids who are struggling or their own child who's struggling, you know, they just have such a good heart, such good kids, this, that. There is so much love and so much kindness and compassion and joining forces, like all those things that I listed that are answers to, to what I think that the parents are afraid about, the kids are already offering. Um, they're more evolved. They're far more evolved. How do you think about it for a second? Think about that last group that you came to, the big party, like 45, I forget how many kid, teens were there. Imagine if we had recorded that. Now, just those conversations. Oh, imagine what even, people yeah. would think when they heard what was coming out of their mouths isn't that mind-blowing? I mean, I'm every week, I'm like, oh, my God. It's like they're on the front line. They're in the trenches. Me, I think the only reason why I'm qualified to speak on it is definitely not because I have a license in it. The, all the schooling, everything I did doesn't qualify me to speak on what they're going through. The only thing that qualifies me to speak on what they're going through is that they've trusted me to share it in front of me. But it's their suicide epidemic. It's their issue. We can support them, but I truly believe the answers have to come from the people who are mostly being affected by it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a huge teaching opportunity and learning opportunity for me, even just in the small doses. So it'll be interesting to see how, how it all comes. I got a couple of funny names already in my mind that I'm going to present oh, to great. some of the teenagers. Oh, great. You're not – our producers look at me like, what, you haven't told me? You're not a teenager, bro. Okay, you're an adult now. You used to be a member of the group and a teenager. Now you graduate, so I have to – this is just between me and the teens. Okay, I'm just joking. But we got a couple funny teen-esque names for it. And uh, Well, I hope there's an acronym because I feel like they can only – like. They, they like to communicate in acronyms. So well, the they're going to no have the final <laughs> say. They're all going to weigh in on the name. I just I like to throw my ideas in the hat, but at the end of it, they get to pick the name. It's well, their name. Well, let's do this. Let's have us really be sure what the name is before we record any podcast. So that you notice I didn't it. say anything. <laughs> didn't say anything. Oh, I knew you were thinking it. Or, or we could record five podcasts with the teenagers <laughs> and then make them do it all over again. Well, you know, it's practice. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for visiting Light the Fight uh, podcast. And Heidi, why don't you tell them where, how they can reach us, they can send in their DMs. Yes, make sure that if you have questions or concerns or wins, that you let us know. And the easiest way is to actually give us a DM, which is right on Instagram on our Light the Fight feed. Or you can also go to elevatepodcasting.com, which is where you can send us an email. Or you can send us an email at lightthefightpodcast at gmail.com. So I know that's a lot of choices. And we should probably do one of those like recorded things that we put on. I hate those things. They make me tired. Especially when I'm like binge listening podcasts. I'm like, stop with your record. That's taking too long. Skip. And so here's the thing. We could give you that annoying recording. I'm sorry if you like the recordings. I don't. So I'm in, I get to be in charge of this one little teeny area <laughs> of my world. Um, so if here's the thing. We would love it, though, if you would share information about this podcast. Well, I think with ours, too, because of confidentiality, people actually playing their voices saying it. I, I don't know if it could work with what we do. There's a couple of podcasts I listen to. They'll have people call in a hotline. They say it, and then they play their question our information might be a little bit too identifiable no, and no, personal. I mean, what are you referring to? Podcasts where they're like, they give the recording of like, can you go share and leave a comment and give us a rating and all that stuff? Oh, like we're, we're not self promoting it. Hey, if you want to give us a rating, give us a rating. If you don't want to give us a rating and you still want to listen, that's fine. I don't care. I, I, <laughs> I, and I think that's what you're saying. Like, you know, trying right. to like, yeah, we're, we're, we're just trying to do whatever works for you guys. And, um, yeah, so if you have any ideas of, of how it might help you better to send in a question or to comment, yeah. um, give us ideas. We're, we're trying to evolve. I mean, we're. <laughs> and, we, and we have a long ways to go. But this, I think that as you open up conversations with your friends, with family members, with people in your community, at church, in where you, you know, where you're out with your school, especially when you hear people start to blame the system, 
or blame something, please say this. Have you heard of Life the Fight podcast? I do it all the time because people love to tell me their fears and they love to tell me what's going on. And so I just say, well, have you heard of Life the Fight podcast? And then they say no. And then I tell them about it. Um, and that's how we're going to get this message out. For us, and I think I can speak for Dave and Brandon, uh, this isn't about the number of listeners or downloads or subscribers. I, this is about changing lives. This is about evolution. This is about making a serious step towards change. Um, but we do, there's people who need this information and need to make this evolution happen for them. And so please talk about this in your circles. I, I don't know if that sounded promoty, but. <laughs> no, it's definitely more of just, yeah, just saying how you feel. Yeah, and I think it's important. Don't be afraid to tell your children's school teachers to listen to the podcast. School teachers, counselors, administrators, they need this information just as much as parents do. Please don't be afraid to share this information. And it's powerful, just podcasts in general, not even our podcasts. I'll just use generally podcasts that have something of of a real like personal progression or whatever it is you're trying to get better at. If you try to argue with someone and tell them, like let's say you learn something from us and then you take it from us and you try to go to your spouse, teacher, whatever it may be, and you try to tell them, okay, here's what you need to do. You may be right. The information may be right. But they may not be as open to listening to it versus if they heard it from Heidi and myself, who they don't know, outside information. Podcasts just fall softer on people's ears because when you press play, you chose to press play. A lot of times we may get ourselves in conversations with people and what they're saying might be right, but we, not, we did not choose to have them tell us that at that particular moment. So this podcast could be a really good buffer that you could just kind of slide to someone, play a little naive, like, hey, this has been helping me out a lot. You know, I don't know if you'd like it or not, la, 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 and walk away from it. Let people kind of come to information on their own. That's why books, referring books are really good. Let people go to it and get it and digest it the way they want to digest it on the drive, on their... They get to pick when they want to hear this information. So I, I think what Heidi is saying is great because sometimes we can't convince people the error of their ways by telling them they have errors in their ways. <laughs> Just try that on your teenager. Yeah. As <laughs> always, sure. job security for Mr. David over here. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry for that long-winded end of the – yeah, that was kind of a detour, but I also think it's important. Well, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Until next time. Until next time. Bye.